Do you want to stay more focused on the right goals in your life or even just figure out what the right goals are for you? Do you want clarity? Do you want better work-life balance? Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to Success Through Failure. Welcome to the Success Through Failure podcast, the show that reveals failure as your path to success. You'll listen to intriguing interviews with some of the most successful people on the planet and learn how their failures became a launchpad for success and how yours can too. Here's your host, former Division I All-American wrestler, former Division I head coach, speaker, and personal coach, Jim Harshaw. Welcome to another episode of Success Through Failure. This is your host, Jim Harshaw, bringing you another solo episode today. I've been getting a lot of questions from folks about how I'm doing. How's it going? Since uh, since I left my full-time gig and, and full-time coaching and speaking and podcasting, and I, I, I hate to admit it, but it's like bliss. <laughs> um, I loved what I was doing before, but it's, uh, it's actually really, really fantastic. Um, and I'm just the type of person who, who I love being out and about. I love networking. I love connecting with people. And I also love to be just hunkered down at my desk in my cave and like nobody bothering me. So I've got the perfect mix. So anyway, things are going well for me. Excited for the holidays. And uh, man, I'm excited for this episode. This is something that it's been on my mind for a while. And a lot of these episodes, like as they pop into my head, I, I jot them down and I, I keep track of some notes as other notes kind of pop into my head and I kind of develop the, the thought and the concept over time. And this is one that's been on there um, for a little while, a couple of months, month or two, I guess. And, and it's this, this idea of welcoming pain and discomfort, and discomfort, and this being the path to a meaningful life. And I think at some level, we all know this, but I want to go deep into this and help you get some insight into why you should welcome pain and how you actually structure your life so you can do this. Because you're going, yeah, okay, Jim, I, I, I understand that I have to go through things that suck in order to get to where I want to get to, whether it's you know losing weight or building the business or the job or whatever it is. But I, but I just can't seem to get motivated to do it. I can't. I can't seem to get out of bed early in the morning, or I can't seem to keep the motivation whenever things get hard. There's a friend of mine who I'm actually trying to recruit right now to do these early morning workouts that I do. It's usually we usually start at five thirty in the morning, and and that means you have to wake up at like five o'clock, and it sucks to wake up at five o'clock. You're tired, and but you know he wants the results, but he doesn't want to go through the pain and suffering of of waking up that early, right? And we all know that that's required. So we're going to talk about. Not only the how, but but the why. And the thought of this episode came to me literally after I was on a run with my neighbor as I was training for this recent Spartan race that I did. And the Spartan race was nine miles and 28 obstacles. It was really hard. It was really fun. But training for it sucked, right? Especially when I first went for my first long run. So I've had this story in my head for a long time that I'm just not a good runner. For whatever reason, this story, I created this story in my head long, long time ago. And when I ran cross country for my senior year in high school and, and I, I wasn't, you know, I just couldn't keep up with my fellow wrestling teammates who were also on the team. And I thought, man, if I can beat them in wrestling and I must be in good shape, I'm strong, I'm tough, I can beat them in cross country. Well, I couldn't. And I was always like just struggling and struggling to keep up. 
And so that kind of planted the seed in my head that I'm just not a good runner. And I, you know, because I thought that, I was able to find all kinds of evidence out there, right? Whenever I, it's that reticular activating system was turned on to like, okay, show me proof that you're not a good runner. Boom, there it is, there it is, there it is, there it is. And I found it and, and it just reinforced this thought over years. Well, I overcame that. I signed myself up for a half marathon a few years ago and, and overcame that, or so I thought. And I go out for a run with my neighbor. He's a runner. He like he runs a lot. And we go out for this trail run in the neighborhood. We were running, I think, five or six miles. And we get about two miles into it. And I'm going, man, this sucks. And it's dark. We're running on these trails. My headlamp's not very bright. I needed new batteries. And he's flying. And I didn't know these trails very well. And he's flying through these trails. I'm just struggling to keep up. I'm rolling my ankle. A couple times I rolled my ankle. And it was hard. It freaking sucked. And literally at the end of it, I couldn't keep up to the point there was like a mile left. And I said, listen, you just go on ahead without me. I'm just going to slow down. I can't, I can't keep up, right? And he said, no, man, let's go. And he kind of slowed down a little bit with me, and, and, but, it, but, but kept pushing me. And I made it through. And I thought to myself, during that workout, I, I'm just going to have to run and do my running training on my own because I can't keep up with this guy. I don't want to slow him down, and I just can't keep up. And it reminded me of this story. Oh, yeah, I'm not good at running. Here's more proof. And I thought I had defeated that a few years ago. And I actually had to go through this relearning process. So the process a few years ago when I signed up for this half marathon was the first couple of weeks of training were like, oh, yeah, I'm not good at this. Oh, yeah, I'm not good at this. It was all this proof, right? Proof, proof, proof. I'm running on a treadmill. And because it was cold outside, I mostly started running on a treadmill. And, and I got all this proof. You're not good at this. And I kept getting it reinforced. And then a few weeks, three, four weeks in, I'm like, oh, I, I'm starting to feel better. Um, maybe I'm okay at this, right? And maybe it just took some real significant training to get into this. And then I you know, got to the point, a, few, you know, a couple, two, three months later, ran the half marathon, crushed it, felt fantastic. And I said, oh, it's not that you're not a bad runner. It's just that you haven't dedicated yourself to it. You haven't failed enough times. You haven't struggled enough times. Well, apparently I forgot this story, uh, the, the relearning that I did there, because I'm out running with my buddy and this story comes back. Oh yeah, Jim, you're not a good runner. Remember, you're not a good runner. And I just kept pushing through and, and I, I wanted to tell this guy that I didn't want to run with him. But after I got home from that first run, I'm like, you know what? I talk about the environment of excellence. I talk about accountability. I talk about having people who can push you and you're about to quit on this. And so I stuck with it trained with them again and again, same thing. And listen, I, I talk about inspired action, right? I talk about how things that you really want to do aren't hard work. They're actually inspired action. I go deep into that in episode 155. If you want to check that one out, 155. But um, it doesn't always feel like inspired action. I mean, I'm like huffing and puffing and blowing snot rockets and struggling to breathe. And it it was miserable and it was dark. And like I said, my flashlight, my headlamp wasn't that bright. It just sucked. But that's part of it, right? I wanted to do this Spartan race. I wanted to succeed in it. And that's how it goes. Do you want to grow? That's what I'd ask myself. You know, do you want to grow, but you also want it to be comfortable? Well, you can't have both. And yeah, you don't always have the motive. That's, that's normal not to have the motivation sometimes. It's normal for, like, for my friend who doesn't want to wake up early. Like, that's, neither do I. 
but I'm willing to go through that suffering, that pain and suffering to get there, to, to get to the feeling that, that feels good later. It's not glamorous. Like I said, you know, the, the, the pain is going to be there, but, but it's going to end. There's going to be an end of the workout or end of the day or end of the year, end of the season, end of the decade, whatever it is, you've got to get through. It's going to come to an end. And, and, and along the way, there's going to be respite, right? There's going to be laughter or sleep or, or a full belly. You know, think about if you're like dieting or going through something hard, there's going to be, you know, that warm cup of coffee on a cold morning, whatever, right? Heated steering wheels, if you have a heating steering wheel, like there's going to be that respite, right? And for me, you know, the respite came when, you know, the workout was over or, or if we hit a downhill, actually he ran fast downhills too, that kind of sucked, but there was respite along the way. And I knew, you know, it's just a matter of minutes before this is over, right? So let me give you another recent example of welcoming pain and discomfort to get to a meaningful life and to accomplish something meaningful. Back when I did this TEDx talk back in 2014, in November of 14, it spawned eventually this, this podcast and my coaching curriculum and my speaking career. And over the years, I built this business and almost nobody knew of the pain and suffering, the pain and discomfort that I had to go through, that I chose, I didn't have to, I got to, I got to go through, I chose to go through in order to build this business. You know, people say, ah, you're just good at coaching, Jim, you're good at speaking. No, I worked at it. I have mentors and coaches. I paid a lot of money to a lot of different coaches to learn how to get better at this. I read a lot of books. I did a lot of studying. I invested in this. I invested in myself. I invested in you, the listener, right? You're part of you're benefiting from it too. And all my clients are benefiting from it. And and all the people who they impact are benefiting from it. But I had to invest. I had to go through pain and discomfort. I had to wake up early. Lunch break. Man, I'm recording podcasts. I'm doing coaching sessions. Man, I fit it in every little nook and cranny. I fit this business, this in anything to be productive. I had no downtime. And guess what? I couldn't complain. I couldn't go home to Allie and say, hey, this sucks. And because she'd say, well, stop doing it, right? So it was my choice. I chose it, but I knew why. I had this vision for something greater, something greater for me, something greater for my family, something greater for the world. What about you? Do you have some pain and discomfort that you're avoiding right now? Yeah, you do. We all do, right? I look back at... Mark McLaughlin, I interviewed him just in the episode prior to this. This is 224. He was episode 223, 223. Mark McLaughlin wrote a book called uh, Cognitive Dominance, A Brain Surgeon's Quest to Outthink Fear. Fascinating read, fascinating individual. I've been coaching this guy for, I don't know, three years now. And I walked with him through this effort for him to write this book. It's an amazing book. It's not just a book. Some people just crank out books these days. It's, it's a really well-written book. I mean, he really invested in himself. But it was hard, man. This guy's a freaking neurosurgeon. He founded the practice. He's a speaker. He's a youth wrestling coach. He's a philanthropist. And this guy's amazing. This guy is busy. And he put writing a book on top of that, right? Pain and discomfort in order to achieve something meaningful. I look back at other examples in my own life, like the sport of wrestling itself, for any 
people out there, you listeners who have wrestled before, you know, it's suffering. It's not a game you don't play, uh, but it, but it's, it's not that fun, but it's, it's very rewarding to the point where I actually chose, I was 22 pounds over one time. I chose to lose 22 pounds in two and a half days to make weight. Yeah, it's an absurd story, and, and you know, I've talked about it a little bit before, and you know, if, if you've never experienced losing water weight like that, you, you may not believe me, and, and I get it, but it, it was a massive, massive amount of suffering that I put myself through. And I know others who have gone through worse in terms of cutting weight to, to make weight, and those rules have changed, thank goodness. But I chose that. I chose no summer vacations when I was growing up as a kid. And all my friends going on, doing, going, having fun. I remember when my, my family went to Myrtle Beach and I chose to go wrestle out in Fargo, North Dakota at the national championships and put myself through pain and discomfort at the, at the Pennsylvania national team camp. Oh, misery, misery, man. And I, I remember I, I used to skate, uh, skateboard when I was growing up. I had a half pipe in my yard and just had a launch ramp and had a, had a bunch of cool stuff, you know, but didn't get to use it all that much. I remember my buddies would always go to these skateboarding demos, and I never went to a single one. And I was so jealous. Man, like, I want to go with those guys. But I had something bigger in mind. And thank goodness, because it opened the door for me to go to a great school like the University of Virginia. Changed my life. Changed my life. You know, I have a fear of heights, but I have chosen to go bungee jumping. I've chosen to jump out of perfectly good airplanes more than once. I rock climb. Like, I choose this stuff. I fear it, but I choose it. I, I welcome the pain and discomfort so I can have a meaningful experience. You think about moms who have babies. Gosh, we have four of those little things. And uh, they're not babies anymore. But, but, you know, once you have one, you go, holy mackerel, the pain. You know, never felt it, of course. But, man, watching my wife go through that. And then just even, you know, the, the, the early days of having a baby and the sleepless nights and holy mackerel, you wonder like, how does somebody ever have a second child? You literally think that. I, rem- I mean, at least I did. I remember thinking it. My wife and I, Allie and I both thought it. And then, but it goes away and you kind of say, okay, I'm willing to go through that pain and discomfort again to have a meaningful experience, right? And lo and behold, four kids later, we've had a bunch of those meaningful experiences. And and it, it, but it requires pain and discomfort. And if you want to look back on any episodes, I, I've talked to a lot of other people who have gone through pain and discomfort. I talk a lot about that on these episodes. Listen to any of my Navy SEAL episodes. I've, li- I've interviewed, see, five of them. Uh, and I'll, I'll list them off right now. I'll also have these in the action plan. As a matter of fact, you can go to jimharsherjr.com slash SEALs, S-E-A-L-S, and you can get all these episodes. So jimharshowjr.com slash seals. They are also, I'll just give you the, the episode numbers if you want to check them out. Episode 45, episode 132, episode 163, 166, and 174. Again, just jimharshowjr.com slash seals. You can get access to all four of those. And then I urge you to get the action plan from those too. You can just go to jimharshowjr.com slash Action. I'll have all these links in the uh, action plan, so you can uh, you can just download all the links to you can get all the links to those um, those episodes. But oh, and by the way, only the last one hundred episodes have always been available on my on iTunes. 
I didn't realize that was a setting. So you can get all the, I changed the setting, all 240, this will be episode 242 episodes. There actually is about 20 non-numbered episodes that I recorded over the years. But all of those episodes are now accessible to you. So you can just scroll back through iTunes. You can find every single one of them, including way back episode 45. I'll give you another one. Charlie Engel, episode 213. So not that long ago, this guy suffered across thousands of miles of desert, 4,500 miles of running across the Sahara Desert. I mean, talk about a pain and discomfort to have a meaningful experience. For him, just, just climbing out of the pit of drug addiction. I mean, he was found by a cop just out and just passed out in his car, just totally wasted on drugs. And that's, that's where he started, right? And that was pain and discomfort in itself. But the pain and discomfort of, of he talks about it on the episode, just running that, that first mile, that first two miles. He had no idea who was going to be you know, setting off to run 4,500 miles. He was just putting one foot in front of another. Andre Kalik, episode 205. This guy passed out. He was hanging out with some buddies, got drunk, somehow got separated from them, passed out on train tracks, subway tracks, woke up in the hospital, and his legs were gone. They got a, he got run over by a train, amputated. He got his legs cut off by the train, and... This guy, think about the pain and discomfort he had to go through. So then he starts going, you know, becoming an endurance athlete, and, and he's got all these world records. I mean, this guy's a world-class athlete. Pain and discomfort. Are you willing to go through pain and discomfort? Brian Bolland, gosh, this is, this is just a friend of mine. He's the former head men's tennis coach at the University of Virginia. He's now at Baylor. Um, but episode 141, this guy talks about suffering through failures to eventually win the national championship. This guy came so close. This team came so close several times. They could taste the national championship, but they failed. He had to go through that pain and discomfort. That's part of it. That's part of your journey. If you're going to aim high, guess what? There's going to be pain. If you're going to aim high, there will be pain, there will be discomfort, there will be failures, and there will be setbacks. But it's worth it. I promise. This is inspired action. And again, if you want to learn more about inspired action, go to episode 155 or just download the action plan. Go to jimharshajr.com slash action. Grab the action plan for that. But that's what it requires. And, and so... How do you welcome this, right? I want to give you a little bit of how-to. I don't want to just talk about, yeah, make yourself suffer and and great things will happen. How do we do this? How do we go about setting meaningful goals? Because you're saying, okay, Jim, I'm in. I get it. But how do you make sure it's meaningful as opposed to just, okay, I'm going to go do something that sucks? We have to identify something that you want, right? And not just something that you want, but the why behind it. And I'll, I'll be honest, it's hard to do that on your own. You, you've got to get outside of your own head. You've got to do the work. The first thing we start with in my, when I work with my clients is core values. We go deep. We go backwards before we go forward. But what is that meaningful thing that you want? The job, the lifestyle, the target weight, the relationship, 
the accomplishment, the achievement, the medal, whatever it is. What is it? But why, and, and why is it meaningful? That's number one. I'm going to give you four. Why is it meaningful to you? And by the way, if you want to do that work with me, you can always sign up for a call with me for starters, jimharshawjr.com slash apply. We can have this conversation, but that's number one. Number two, welcome accountability. I told you about my neighbor, Jeff. Man, he held me accountable. It sucked, but it was worth it. By the way, I finished seventh in my age group. I was pretty stoked about that in the Spartan race out of 57 or 50, 60 or something like that. So it was worth it, right? Performed at a high level, felt good about it. I welcomed that accountability. And listen, I know you don't want it. I know. But you know that you're going to perform at a higher level if you welcome that accountability. If you choose it, right? It's going to be emotional. You're thinking, you're wrestling with that demon inside of you right now. Okay, well, maybe I kind of want it. I kind of want it, but I don't want to... I don't want to tell other people. I want. I don't want to join that group or sign up or make that commitment. Or because if I do, then then other people are going to hold me accountable. Because I might just want to back off for a little bit. I want to. I might want to just like. I might want to quit part way along. You know. I might want to. I want to kind of take the easy route. I don't want to do it with accountability. It's your choice. But you know it works. You know it works. If you want that thing, welcome the accountability. Number three. Commit to something hard. Commit to it. I mean, make the commitment. Don't just say, yeah, maybe, maybe I'll do that. No, like make the commitment. I will blank. You know, sign up for the race, submit the job application, have the hard conversation that you have to have. Commit to it. You will be amazed at what you are capable of if you commit. You're holding yourself back by not committing. I promise you, I promise you, there's more inside of you. You're not going to find out what that more is unless you commit to something hard. And yeah, listen, you may, you may commit to something hard, and, and as you go down the path, as you go down that track toward that thing, you go, wait a second, this isn't exactly the right thing. Maybe it's actually you know one or two or three or five degrees over this direction. And that's okay. You're not going to figure out what that adjustment is that you have to make until you take off. There's the sort of, um, you know, cliche story of, uh, you know, I don't even know exact quote is, but pilots and uh, airlines, airliners are, they're off course like 99% of the time, right? They're constantly course correcting. But guess what? You can't get to that destination unless you take off. If you may, you have to make the commitment. I'm going to take off. I'm going to fly from... Pittsburgh to Los Angeles. You can't get there and make those mistakes and have to course correct unless you take off. You make the you you fill the gas tanks, you fill the you you start the engines, you get everybody on board the stinking plane, and you freaking take off. Then you go, oh, wait a second, we're kind of off course here. Let's course correct. Right? And guess what? It's your airplane. You get to decide if you say, man, I don't want to fly to LA. I actually, I'm going to fly to Spokane. I'm going to fly to Atlanta or Dallas. I'm going to go wherever I, you can't make that decision unless you take off. You can make the adjustment in the air. 
Maybe it's one degree, maybe it's five, maybe it's 60 degrees, 90 degrees. That's okay. But commit. Commit to taking action. All right, now here's the last one. Fourth and finally, reward yourself. Reward yourself. Whenever you have accomplishments along the way, reward yourself. Find little ways to celebrate. Give yourself a chance to celebrate and to recognize your victories. Because if you don't, you don't really have those, those small benchmarks, those small metrics to hit that are worth celebrating. I just remember you know, when I was building this business, once the revenue started coming, you know, uh, the idea was just keep socking it away until you finally get to the point where you can go full time. But I was like, wait a second, let's celebrate, man. So we took money out of the business, took the whole family. We went to Mexico. We went on a week-long, amazing, you know, lifelong memory, you know, vacation to Mexico. And it was awesome. We celebrated. We celebrated these victories. And so you can too, and you should too. So I hope that helps, right? I mean, it's a little bit of tough love. I know pain, pain and just, you know, pain and discomfort, pain and suffering. It's not fun, but as Joe DeSena said back when I interviewed him in episode number 27, he's the founder of Spartan Races. He said, if you take everything away and you're fighting for milk every day, then you could just be happy eating a cracker in the rain. He t- this, he's talking about happiness. He said, I always knew that happiness was not an absolute. It was relevant. It's really easy to make yourself happy by making yourself uncomfortable and then going back to comfortable. It's hard to make yourself happy if you're constantly raising the bar. First, you get a new car. Then you get a new expensive gold watch. And then you need a new house. And the ability to make yourself happier diminishes. But if you take everything away and you're fighting for milk every day, then you could just be happy eating a cracker in the rain. All right. Enough said. Man, that's a great way to to wrap up this episode. Make sure you grab your free copy of the action plan. As always, you can just go to jimharsherjr.com slash action. And if you can, share this with one other person. Episode 224, jimharshadjr.com slash 224. If you haven't left me a rating and review on iTunes, I would love it, love it, love it. If you do, it helps more people find this. And hey, listen, the, the real way people find podcasts is through word of mouth. So if you could, please just tell one other person. Share this on Facebook, share it on Twitter, share it with a, on a text message, share it with one other person and help me grow this thing. So I appreciate that. And as always... Until next time, take the time to get clear on your goals and embrace failure as a stepping stone on your path to success.